1: Welcome back to another Share Your Light episode. This is where we highlight members of our listening community who are doing spectacular things or stepping into their power or have something to offer that maybe you'll listen to and you'll say, wow, that really resonates with me or that's something that I want to explore a little bit more in my own life. Now, today's person is very familiar. It's Jen. Jen from ThankGoddess.org. She's been on the show several times to discuss astrology with us, to kind of light our way with what's coming up astrologically. But we were having a conversation a while back and realized that so much of astrology is completely overwhelming for so many people. So we thought we would do this bonus episode to just really simplify some of the basic concepts of astrology, but also help you find some of the markers in your own chart so that you can start to explore this a little bit and become more empowered to be able to find those patterns. And when someone mentions, oh, this is in the fourth house, you'll be able to go to your own chart and say, oh, that's what that means for me. So welcome back, Jen. I'm not going to do the traditional bio because our folks know you, but it is our wonderful dear friend, Jen Edwards from thankgoddess.org. Hi,
2: Denise. I'm so happy to Hello. be here. Yes.
1: We've talked about this as well. I understand astrology, but I don't retain it. So a lot of times you'll explain things to me over and over. You're very patient, which I love about you. But what would be some really basic things that someone might need to know if they just open up their chart, they have it in front of them? What would be some of the things to look for that would help them begin to understand how to read their own chart for themselves?
2: well the the very basic framework is the big three that's what i like to call the big three so whenever i start a reading on anyone i look at their sun sign which is the day that you're born your moon sign and then your rising sign also known as the ascendant and that's why time is super important uh when you are creating a birth chart and i always say in astrology Five minutes doesn't matter until it does. Mm -hmm. And if you are one of those people who do not have an exact birth time, uh, it wasn't recorded when you were born or you were adopted, a good astrologer can actually rectify that for you. If you don't have access to your time and you want to look at your own things, you can focus on uh, the sign of your sun and the sign of your moon, because chances are very good that it's not going to move very much. It'll be the in the same sign on that day. So the sun is your self. It's your being in the world. It's part of your ego. It's your higher self and it's your purpose. And, you know, with all of us, depending on what age we are going all the way back, we are always looking for our sun sign, right? Or do we identify with our sun sign? And the moon sign is our emotional body. It's how we react to our internal emotions and uh, also it's, it's who we actually are and the sun is who we're uh, striving to be in our higher purpose self. So we can learn a lot just from the sign of our sun in combination of the sign of our moon and how we express ourselves, our basic vibration, which is very cool. So like if you were to take, I'll use myself as an example, I'm a Sagittarius And my son, uh, my my son is in Sagittarius. My moon is in Scorpio. So this means that, you know, I am a Scorpionic being looking to be that carefree Sagittarius. (laughs) in this lifetime. It also shows the way that I feel the level of expression of emotions and how I express my emotions, which I think is, you know, one of the key things when we learn about ourselves, there's some validation when we learn about that. But also when we learn about the people around us in in our family, we understand how they communicate on an emotional level, which is very valuable. Well, see,
1: that's wonderful. And one of the things you had mentioned is that there are certain Psychic traits that may show up in people's charts, or certain like little markers that if it shows up in a certain place, it might mean that you're more drawn to being psychic or drawn to spirituality. Or could you chat about that for a minute?
2: Let me just say that everyone has the ability to deeply connect and always, and uh, sometimes people have a supersonic highway. And sometimes people have, you know, uh, valleys and hurdles in order to deeply connect. And uh, as for psychic markers in the chart, we want to look at your luminaries. Your luminaries are your sun and your moon. And we want to see if they are located in the fourth house of the astrological chart. There are 12 houses in the astrological chart. The psychic houses are the fourth house, the eighth house and the 12th house. So if we have the sun or the moon in any of those houses, we have a predisposition to pick up on undercurrents of energy on at a basic level. On top of that, if the luminaries, the sun or the moon are making any contacts with Uranus or Neptune, those are source connectors. Neptune is our connection to source. So we look at like angels, spirit guides, higher self, Higher love. Neptune's the higher vibration of uh, Venus. Uranus, I love me some Uranus, but Uranus is the higher vibration of Mercury. So if Mercury is our planet of communication, me talking to you, how I talk to you, that's my Mercury. Uranus is uh, a higher vibration of that. So it's the tapping end of universal consciousness and knowledge. So what this does is it brings flashes of brilliance. When it touches your moon, or your son. There are also many other factors, but indefinitely, this is something that is, whenever I look at a chart and I see this, I know for a fact that either the person I'm dealing with doesn't realize this is happening. Usually with Uranus, it shows up as anxiety first because we don't know how to channel that energy. But then once they realize what's going on, they sort of start to open up and embrace it and make space for it rather than try to push it out because it's uncomfortable.
1: I love that you started with everyone has the capacity to make that connection to spirit and divine. So you may look at your chart, you may be off the chain, intuitive and connected and psychic, and you're not seeing these in your chart. It doesn't mean you're any less of those things. It just means that you have found another pathway to make that connection. So I think sometimes people will, I had years ago, someone different type of reading And they looked at, I don't remember what, it was just a different type of reading. It wasn't astrology. And they had said, well, you might be a little intuitive and able to connect if you really work at it. And I thought, okay, thank you. And in my head, I was thinking, you're full of shit, aren't you? And And I discounted that whole field because it didn't resonate with what I felt for myself to be. And I think with the astrology stuff, so many people have grown up with just that very limited little part of you look up your sun sign in the newspaper, not in the newspaper anymore, online, and you read this little generic blurb that doesn't really encompass you as an individual or really the collective of, so say if you read Sagittarius, you and I are both Sagittarius, we might perceive that differently based on other aspect of, of our chart, but it's it's just too generic. It doesn't, but it's fun to read.
2: Yes. And also, what's good to know, and actually, a lot of people don't realize, is that horoscopes forecasting is written as if your rising sign is the same as your sun sign. And that actually is not, that's probably correct about 25% of the time. So I'm a Sagittarius, I have a Cancer rising. And so I read Cancer because without getting, too in depth, that will tell me what's happening in my life because the houses are lining up that way. So basically your horoscope is based off of what your rising sign is, whether or not your sun is, sun sign is the same. So if I were to read Sagittarius, uh, that would only be accurate if I also had a Sagittarius rising. So should you read both? I read both. Okay. I actually read because I just am a glutton for, for the, you know, for horoscopes. I just, they're horoscopes are like the soap operas of like the it's 1980s, yeah. you know, as the world turns, you know, what does this magazine have to say about what they think is, I just love it. It's a guilty pleasure. So uh, I will read Cancer first, I will read Sagittarius second, and then I will read for my moon sign, which is uh, Scorpio. Um, I will read for all of them, uh, just because, uh, if there is a major happening, happening in Sagittarius, it will affect my sun sign. So that inevitably that will show up. Okay. So do
1: you filter when you're, so you're reading Sag, then you're reading Scorpio, you're reading cancer, you're reading all of these things. Do you, think about them differently when you're reading them like oh my sun sign so this is this aspect of my life or do you just keep it as more of a generalized thing
2: so when i read for my rising sign that tells me what area of my life is impacted in yep. the horoscope where can i where can i expect the energy to happen in my life mm-hmm. so the rising sign will tell me that when i read for my sun sign this will show me how i will endure the process how how I am affected as an individual in this process, and then my moon sign will show me my feelings around this process.
1: See, I think it's important that so many people think the only purpose of astrology is for prediction, for forecast, for to to find your horoscope when that that's just one little tiny piece of the, of the pie from what I've experienced when you've done readings for me, when we've talked about this, is more about helping you connect more with your own inner knowing so that you can make choices based on where am I going? Is this the highest and best? Does this align with my blueprint?
2: Absolutely. When I've up a session and I'm looking at someone's chart, the first thing that I look at is you know, their IC, which is their M.M. coli. I look at the psychic houses and I look at their chiron. The reason why I do that is it shows me how they are running at a subconscious level and how they are bringing it to conscious state without even realizing it. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And often I will have people showing up because they are having a hard time accessing themselves. And this blueprint that's in front of us shows us how on a basic level we communicate and how we get in our own way in connection of source in that way so there's many layers to this the fun part is like when i first started with astrology around the age of 13 i wanted to figure out other people because Mm -hmm. my wounding is around other people i'm the black sheep you know that's just how i've always been so i started off with astrology in a very psychological way Uh, how I communicate, why I communicate the way that I do, um, how does that present itself in the world? And, um, And then it moved into how am I blocking myself from my purpose? And when I talk about purpose, you're in purpose when you're in peace and it's always evolving. So when we have this one set goal in our minds, we're always ever evolving. So it doesn't end at that doorway. (laughs) There's more that continues. So the idea is to try to find peace and allow yourself to be receptive. You know, there's two very different energies. There's the charging, controlling, uh, dominating, right? And then there's the actual reception of option. So depending on where you are, the chart shows, the chart shows all.
1: But. It is a, a tool. It's a tool to use. It's not, I've talked with a lot of people over the years that go at it with such rigidity. I think that it can become very, as with any form of something that's going to give you more insight about yourself or a tool of divination or a tool that is, you know, to to grow and expand your consciousness, That's what it is. It's a tool and a way to access. But when you allow it to become so much more, I feel like it kind of takes away from, like it, it becomes, it you know, the one of the big things with when you learn learning mediumship, you want to be in control of it, not have it be in control of you. And I feel the same way about a chart, yeah. about the, really knowing your chart.
2: Yeah. A good way to look at a chart. First of all, I love how when you open up your readings, you know, it's it's free will is very much a part of this process. If you were to look at the the thought process that we all come from source. Mm-hmm. That's the base, right? And then um, you know, how you arrive at your um, opening of consciousness to that that uh, place of inception is removing the filters to get back there. And so all it is is really removing filters to get back to the white sheet of paper <laughs> where creation began.
1: Okay, I have to interject. Did I ever tell you the story of my twin brother from another mother? No okay so i worked next door to this woman at one of the schools i was in we worked right next door we visited we knew each other and she was really into astrology and all this stuff and i told her when my birthday was and she said no way that was a dear friend of mine's birthday same exact day we're the same age same thing this person was male i was in know, broad female and then she's well i said well what time and i told her the time i was born and she said, well, I'm going to get in touch with him and see if he has the same. And we were born like at the same. We came onto this planet at the exact same time. So I met this man in person. I had helped this friend move. And we. she said, oh, I want you to meet fill in the blank the person's name. It was like talking to myself because all of my idiosyncrasies of, you you know, better than most how private I am and how reclusive and all those things. And said, well, you know, you could come by, but I'm really, why don't we meet somewhere? And she says, no, no, we're on our way over. And I said, don't do that to him. That's not, he doesn't, he's not being mean. It's not that he doesn't want to see you. He's just, you have to honor those boundaries. But there were certain things that just were so normal, like my normal, that a lot of people don't understand. So that has always given me a different perspective of charts, because I also think it's cool as hell that this person ended up in both of our lives, what are the chances? And she has the same birthday as my sister. So don't you find that sometimes they'll show up with little markers of, that's what I'd love to ask you. If you have someone in your life who you have difficulty with, or you have unresolved issues, and you know their chart, you know their birthday, you know all that stuff, but you can't quite make it. Is it normal for spirit to bring someone else in with those same, so that you get to work on it on the side. So hopefully that's circumventing, having to come back and do it again with that person in entirety.
2: That's yeah. the plan anyway. It's like, it's like a, it's like a third party interpreter. Yes. Yeah. It's a third party interpreter of energy. It's almost as if, you know. well, of course, you know, every interaction we, is faded, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: uh, it changes our comprehension of consciousness but you know when you are unable to make a point land the plane you you have to look at the energy at which at which your intention is coming from and also uh how the reception is open to hearing that and so sometimes Mm -hmm. when we do have the intervention the divine intervention of a third party you kind of can uh hone your skills on communication (laughs) Because <laughs> a lot of times you'll find where there is uh, and I have actually learned this through uh, a close friendship that I've had over the last 20 years the way that I communicate is much different than the way my friend communicates and so I hold a lot of space to let them they have air they have an air uh, mercury which means that there's a lot of there's there's a lot of prattle before we get to the point <laughs> and I, and I have, uh, which, I mean, the brilliant minds are are Mercury, our uh, Mercury air Mercury. So, you know, there's no, th- mm-hmm. um, there's no shame in that game, but I, I have a, I have a Capricorn Mercury. It's an earth Mercury. It's very results orientated. So let's get to the point is what <laughs> usually mm-hmm. happens here. Mm-hmm. And so w- once I realized that our communication is completely different because I help him land the plane, and then I give some sense or I open the space for nonsense to release my rigidity because I have rigidity around that. And I see that you know, once you once you're able to self-actualize and take accountability for your energy and the interaction, you learn so much more about yourself.
1: When you had mentioned earlier about you went into this to learn more about other people, to really use that as a tool using it with family members, because I've always been very respectful of not peeking in someone's psychic closet. And a lot of times when someone is so close to you, you can't anyway. So if you're your partner, your siblings, your parents, your guardians, whoever, or your children, but I think could be a really useful tool is to know where your children's charts are and how they, would you look at the child's chart in in tandem with your own or just the child's chart to understand how to support them more on their own journey.
2: One of my favorite things to do is read for children and to read for parents and stewards of children, because if that philosophy were available to my parents how different would my life be now there's a lot of divine intervention and meaning behind that but with that being said when we look at a child's chart we can see how they communicate and how they learn uh how they feel how they express emotions and first we would look at the child's chart to see how they are as an individual a developing individual and then we look at comparing the parents and how they're communicating. What I One of my favorite things is to take two siblings and put their charts together and then create the bridge through the parent's intervention. Because a lot of times when there's conflict between, you know, siblings, it's because they're they're not connecting, and there needs to be a bridge to that gap. And that's often what the parents are. But one of, uh, I think, it's probably like two months ago, I had this really deep reading with a mom, and we had two daughters, so much alike, so different, all at the same mm-hmm. time. And we were able to create this awareness for the parents on how to a open open them up to their gifts, but also be able to live in peace. Mm-hmm. And not in competition and that's really what it is. It's comp- It's usually competition over affection or uh, validation or that's just sibling rivalry for you. Um, but there's a reason for that. And so anyhow, looking at looking at family charts is is amazing because it uh, you know, instead of having the resistance of because I said so, <laughs> right. this is why you do it because I said so. The parents can understand, oh, so Jimmy learns by experience first. And then comprehends the information. So if if they can't understand something about biology, take them to the field and show them and then come home and work on the written assignment. It's just, it's the way that we think. And once we open that up for children, then all of a sudden they they have no resistance around learning. We understand them.
1: That was a huge thing. I hope it still is, but in the educational system, and I know we have a lot of teachers that listen, whether traditional or not, that teaching to multiple intelligences and a lot of districts, a lot of states really pushed find the modality that works best for the individual child. So it was basically taking the special ed model and applying it to generalized education. But people went through the workshops, but then they didn't differentiate. They didn't change the curriculum. They It was out of the, the adult or the teacher's comfort zone to offer those different options. I'm not saying every, but there were it, it was never applied. So what you're saying is you could use that as a tool to support. So you may have a child struggling in in school or in a social setting or in anything, anything at all. And you could find little things in their chart that you could say, if we, if we help bolster this, if we encourage this, it may give them the skill set or it might. One of the signs I get a lot in readings is spirit will show me turning a chessboard. And when I see that in my mind's eye, it means look at it from a different strategy. And I feel like you're, you're saying the same thing of offering people a tool for their children or for themselves. You know this because you know my situation, but I'm a Sag with a Leo moon. My son is a Leo with a Sag moon. We have different rising. But when he was younger, we would flare hot and fast, but then there was, it was just done. And there was no grudge. There was no, it's like, you done? Yeah, I'm done. But we were so much alike in that in our temperaments that it caused that mushroom cloud so i think if i had looked at that back then because i didn't find this out till years later it really would have changed my perspective of how how we interacted so do you see that as well i don't want to say an invasion of privacy but with looking into a child's chart I guess it would be the same as making sure that they were taking care of medically or physically or emotionally. You're just using it as another way to give them what they really need.
2: I kind of look at it as the key to their love language, their key to their understanding language. And, you know, to put it in perspective, when I'm doing readings with people, uh, I look, before I even begin the session, I look at their, Mercury sign to figure out how to deliver the information that I need to deliver because much like a child, everybody's chart and their level of comprehension, uh, not, not in brilliance, it's not what I mean. It's just how they comprehend information or how they will more easily accept information. Uh, has to be done in, in nuances. So, you know, for someone who has an air mercury, it's going to look a lot different than someone who has a water mercury or someone who, ha- and I know that that sounds strange, but try it sometime, look up your child's mercury sign, right? And then, and learn about that sign and start communicating with them in that way and watch the difference it makes in the way that you connect with your children verbally.
1: I love that. I absolutely love that because that's useful, especially Mm -hmm. if you have a sign that is maybe the complete polar opposite of what your child's is. So you really have no idea. So if you have in love language, using that as an example is wonderful. And how different is that than if you're clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient, claircognizant, none of them are better than the other. They're just different. But if you know someone else is going to experience or perceive something in a certain way, it allows you to meet them halfway or help them build the skills they need to process information from that perspective.
2: Absolutely. I know that if my parents had gotten a hold of my birth chart when I was younger, I probably wouldn't have gotten grounded as many times as I did. (laughs) I'm lying. I probably would have. (laughs) I was a fun kid. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're a fun human. Yes. And I'm going to throw you under the
1: bus with this one a little bit. You shared something earlier about your chart being very similar to another astrologer. Are you comfortable with me sharing that? Sure. Not really. Okay. Well, I'm sure that anyone who has followed astrology is aware of Robert Hand. Could you tell us a little bit about about him,
2: please. Robert Hand. So Robert Hand is, he is an amazing astrologer. I would actually coin him as one of the um, fathers of predictive astrology, to be quite honest with you. He has written so many books uh, in the late 60s, early 70s, defining transits and comprehension of transits, and uh, also uh, the comprehension of uh, sinistry placements, um, composite placements, and how they interact with each other. So this, his psychological profile and spiritual profile in uh, as being a benchmark for all of astrologers today is enormous. If, if you talk to any astrologer, they have at least three Robert Hand books in their possession uh, because he's like the, he wrote it down.
1: <laughs> right. Everything you just said, we just jumped away from the, the big three into how far this can actually go. There's no bottom to this. You can never be the expert. You can never know all of things, which I think applies to pretty much all the juju or all of these type of modalities. I'll say it because I know Jen won't say it because she's she's humble. But Jen was blessed to have a reading with Robert Hand. And he was amazed because they have the same placements in their chart. Correct. Yeah, like As far as the love and that connection with astrology, that it just, it was, so that's what you're talking about is there is going to be something in your chart that you can look at, especially if people are so confused right now with, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Where do I go from here? I think I want to do this. You might be able to find it in there once you know where to look.
2: This is true. When we're when we're looking at our chart, we're kind of looking at how we can find this is where the woo comes in a little bit, but it's how can we find peace and then Rather than being the explorer, being open to opportunity. So if you want to look at the energy around your purpose in this lifetime, that's the North Node. The North Node is indicative of where the eclipses were when you were born. For someone born in 1976, your North Node is going to be in Scorpio. For someone who is born in 1977, your North Node is going to be in uh, Libra. Mm Mm-hmm. And so on and so forth. So your north node, the sign placement, but more importantly, the house placement will tell you what you're here to do. And what I love about the north node energy, just to note, is that we're scared. Can I swear on this? Oh yes, you can swear. <laughs> we are scared shitless of our north node because mm-hmm. our north node is what we're supposed to be doing. And well, the north node is is the suggestion of this lifetime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the south node is the gifts that we bring with us. So we're so familiar with south node energy, we revert there, but we become stagnant. And so we get propelled into north node anxiety. So that's why I always say to people, if you feel fearful, run towards it, because Mm -hmm. often our fears of the unknown result of moving forward are what keep us from moving into our purpose. Exactly.
1: Exactly. See, I love that because it's useful. It's really useful. And I used to go years ago on, I still go there from time to time, astro.com and print out a chart and look at the different stuff. And there's different things you can play around with on that. You can start exploring this a little bit on your own. And just with the things that Jen has shared with us today, and I know, shameless plug, you also have uh, an on-demand basic astrology class on your website that would help kind of walk people through. Is there another way people can access their chart if they're not sure where to go or how to find it?
2: Absolutely. So I have been using, and this is not a plug. I'm not, you know, I'm not paid by anyone. This is what I use in my day-to-day astrology and have used for the last 25, 30 years. Astro.com. Robert Hands actually very much a part of that. And it will generate free reports where you can Mm -hmm. kind of get a psychic window peeking in. He's written most of them, which is pretty interesting. But on a side note, Astro.com, the reason why I recommend this is because it gives a beginner everything that you need. Nothing is missing. There's nothing worse than someone trying to figure out what their birth chart means, and uh, there's lines missing, there's uh, houses missing, or house definition missing. Uh, because, you know, even though different websites are being presumptuous that you already know what you're looking at, you don't. <laughs> Right. And that's why astro.com is so great. It has all the planets. It has all the houses. It has all the little degrees. You can save a hundred charts for free. Uh, Up to a 100 charts. You don't have to pay for anything. I have used it for so long that I have actually put a lot of mains coordinates in there back in the late 90s when it was sort of whatever you want to call it a community project Mm that has now become a benchmark of learning. So you can also, what I love about this is as you get more advanced, if you want to, you can play around and you can add transits from the past or the future. So if I'm looking at cycles and patterns in my life, which I often do. That's what I do. I could go back 19 years ago and see where the planets were. Oh, okay. This makes sense. Or if there's a major event, I can go back and see what was going astrologically. That's This is what I do for fun. I understand that this isn't what a lot of people do for fun, but anyhow, to to answer your original question, astro.com for me is the whole box set of what you need starter kit for understanding astrology.
1: I had a lot of fun on there recently is they have one of the free reports that they offer is travel, but you can use it like astro cartography to where you belong and it shows all the lines. And because I've lived so many different places, I would click on the line and where I was close to it and would say this, this, and this. So many of them lined up with what I was experiencing when I lived in that part of the country or in that different region of the country. So I think that that's really interesting. Could it be, keeping it too too narrow a parameter. I think that's with anything. Getting your chart, click and, and say, oh, this is what my Venus means. And then take that and apply it to a course or further study so that you can start using it as a tool for self-development.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Each planet has a basic vibration, which is the sign and then once that's discovered look up the house that the planet is in and you you just in that one action of like say if your mercury's in capricorn you look that up and then uh your mercury is also in your seventh house you look up mercury in seventh house you have just learned more about yourself that you have probably realized up in this moment in your life you've you you would be surprised your venus your venus sign and your venus house are the ways in which you value the, what you're attracted to and what your love language is, you know, your mercury is your communication, how you communicate and who you like to, who, who you like to communicate with, whether it's insular or whether it's uh, in the exterior, other people, your moon sign is how you easily or not as easily express your emotion. So once you understand all that stuff, all of a sudden, it's like a complete total change of awareness of yourself.
1: So you had mentioned earlier that if you don't know your birth time, you know your day, you know where you were located when you were born, but you don't know what time. I had heard years ago, one person said use six o'clock in the morning. Someone else had said use 12, like 12 a.m. Is there a generic time that will at least give someone a benchmark to be able to get these basic this basic information?
2: Yeah, if you don't know your birth time, Pay attention to the signs that the planets are in. Okay. Because if you add a birth time to charting, it's going to put these planets in a house and that's going to change the vibration of the planets. That's why the time is sort of important. If you don't know your time... Just learning about the sign of your Mercury, the sign of your Venus, the sign of your moon is going to give you a wealth of information, That uh, enough wealth of information of self-development that if you want assistance on rectifying your time of birth, uh, that might be something that interests you in the future. Uh, because the sign, the sign placement has so much knowledge uh, and illumination in it, uh, and then when you add it to the house placement of the planet, which has to do with the time, it refines it down even more to something more specific. Okay. That's really it,
1: helpful.
2: And the way that I, and most astrologers will rectify a time is just spending time with someone because your first house, which is your ascendant, which is based on the time you're born is how you express yourself. Mm-hmm. So just by having a conversation with someone, I can figure, you know, I, I mean, I'm not, it, it, it takes me a little while, but I can refine it down to, to what I think. And and usually I, I haven't had a, I haven't had a strikeout, but knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> knock on wood.
1: <laughs> See that you just brought all of that information because even when we've, you know, you listen to, uh, oh, this is coming and this is happening. People need a base of knowledge so that they have a foundation of understanding or it does start to sound like too much it gets overwhelming it it charlie brown's teacher that that you know repetitive sound and i think you're giving people you just gave everybody this little snapshot is there anything else that you go on astro you pull up your chart you're close to your birth time you think this is it you've you've learned about oh my venus is this this is my love language this is how i communicate because of my mercury what other, are there any other aspects of that really basic level that would help people that are, because I know we have a lot of people that are so, they love their chart, they understand it, they know their sentence
2: but this seems like it could become very addictive. So, you remember Daryl Martini? Yes, of course I yes. do. The cosmic oh, compass. That's right. Uh, what did he used to say? It's a wise person who rules the stars, it, and a fool, fool who's ruled by them. By them, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I used so, to when I would hear that, yeah. And so he he was actually the reason why I first started uh, getting into astrology. You know, I listened to him on BLM, and mm-hmm. and the reason why I bring him up is because astrology is energy. Oh, I have to interject.
1: PLM yeah. is a radio station yeah. in the state of Maine. It, it
2: wasn't an acronym. Yes. Oh, all okay. oh, that's right. I forget. <laughs> yeah. Um so so astrology is energy, okay? And energy is presented at all times. How we're able to comprehend that energy and use that energy and evolve in that energy is very much a is very much in part of our uh yeah. our our ability to hold space for that so i guess what i'm trying to say is is that whenever you hear predictive astrology or, or when i come on and i talk about the transits um you know you have the ability to use that energy to grow evolve and learn or to allow things to happen to you, right? Which that never happens. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, that does make sense. So, you know, whenever we talk about eclipse season and we talk about what that means, uh, how, how it appears in your chart is defined by the energy that you will receive. What you use with it is your own free will. So when someone gets too heady in their chart, it gets too ri- rigid. That means that they are their egos too involved like they're identifying mm-hmm. too much to move forward there's rigidity there's no room for movement we always want to be in room for movement and reception
1: right because even though that is a snapshot and i'm going to go back to you know twin brother from another mother we still had different life experiences we had different cultural experiences we had different locations we had there were so many other variables that impacted who we became as people even though there were creepy amount of similarities, but still the free will aspect, but also we chose other things besides just our chart. Do I think we we that's on our checklist when we're incarnating? Okay. This is my chart. This is okay. This fits with everything, but we also have other aspects that we have to work into that mix. It, and I think that's fascinating because the more you can learn about yourself and how you interact with people, how you interact with yourself, what, what feels right and true for you that may not feel right and true for someone else. It allows you to have more empathy and compassion for other people and the way that they're navigating being here.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, to give you a really good example of free will uh, within a birth chart, you know, I, I'm a part of many different groups on Facebook uh, that have to do with astrology because I enjoy to see where people are coming from or what they're asking or what the collective needs in this mm-hmm. moment. It's kind of easy to gauge that by what people are trying to figure out in their own chart. One of the ones that I really enjoy seeing is, um, you know, who are the naysayers of astrology? What are the signs that, that don't believe in astrology? And one of the ones that I see a lot is Mercury and Capricorn. And I laugh because Mercury and Capricorn is very results orientated, very grounded, not into the woo. And you're talking to an astrologer who has Mercury and Capricorn. <laughs> but the cool part is, is that if I didn't, if if I haven't worked with it for as long as I have, and haven't had the results around it that I have had through trial and error, uh, I wouldn't be doing this. I have seen tangible results in my own life, and my own, um, expansion and helping other people with that, with that Mercury and Capricorn, you know, I'm not going to share that unless it's results orientated. And so mm-hmm. it's really interesting, you know, what people think of the stereotypes of the signs and what actually translates through the chart, you know? So you've
1: had a lot of different experiences, jobs, different profession than astrology that you're you know that you've had. Does the astrology, you know, when Robert Hanson, you have the same chart that you you you're meant to do this work. I can't imagine you not having astrology be part of your life. Yeah, it's just such an integral part of the way that you view things, and that you you love it so much. I mean, that's the thing. You just love this topic. You love everything about it. Have you ever felt that same connection to other things that you've done?
2: Uh, Yes. So my, if you were to look at without getting heady with my chart, I have a, I have a stellium in Sagittarius. And for those of you who understand astrology, I have a set, I have a stellium in Sagittarius, sun, moon, and Neptune. uh, And Sagittarius is in my sixth house of service to others. So this means that, um, I'm very passionate about helping other people. I'm very passionate about um, showing other people uh, love, support, and seeing them. With astrology, that has helped me do that. However, and this will probably resonate with a lot of people that are listening. It's funny through our own upbringing, What is considered of value and what is not considered of value? So, when I reached a certain age, the things that I loved and considered of value were deemed hobbies, and I needed to Mm -hmm. get a professional job that had tangible reality constructs in it and blah, blah, blah. Right. So, so astrology became the hobby. And now I realize that. And when I work with people, I often say, if you couldn't fail, what would you do? Or if money didn't exist, what would you do? Mm-hmm. Or the new one that I really like is, because people can relate to this, is that if no matter what you did, you all made the same amount of money, mm-hmm. what would you do? <laughs> right. right? There was no yeah. status involved like what would you mm-hmm. do so with astrology it came full circle because i love this and i used mm-hmm. it in every part of everything that i ever threw myself in to navigate and i you know helped my friends i helped my family and then finally i'm like you know this this is my love language and if if anything didn't exist if i had to stand in love what would it be and it would be this it would be the exploration of the cosmos with with Carl Sagan behind me. Oh, <laughs> I love another, him.
1: I'm a, I'm a big fan of Carl.
2: I am I do too. I like
1: Carl, yeah.
2: What a philosopher, that guy.
1: Again, made it accessible to common people. Mm-hmm. Really opened the door. But I agree, you've used it your whole life. And so many people who may be in a professional job and they love some aspect of, of woo or spirituality or divination or connecting with spirit, I still think you're using it all the time and it doesn't mean, you know, quit your day job and go do something else. It just might mean that you're you're utilizing that in your everyday life, but it may you could also explore it more if that's something you consider that you'd like to have be your primary passion or or view or outlook.
2: Well, you know, and with all that Capricorn energy in my chart, right? Uh one foot in, one foot out is how I walk, as you know, being my friend for so many years, yeah. one foot in, one foot out, I walked for a very long time because there was a very there's a very practical part of me, but I do realize too my intention is to help people. So it's a completely right. different intention. I'm not putting up a sign that says Jennifer's house of astrology admit one, you know what I mean? Like it's, (laughs) it's like, it's like, who, who can I, who can I speak their language to and get them to open up to possibilities outside of what they're seeing now currently. Right.
1: And it is very much service work, which we're finding. Personally, I'm finding, and from a lot of folks I'm speaking with that, that divide is getting a little bit jagged right now, as far as people aligning with something that might be more, self-serving than service of others or serving spirit or anyway I, I don't need to go off on a rant on that but I do think that as far as your your true convictions to this work it's very apparent and if another shameless plug is your moon lodge is a good example of that you over get not over give what's the word I want you give ample opportunities for people to explore so many variations of their connection with spirit. That was good, wasn't it?
2: I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot.
1: <laughs> so, so what can we, well, high five to spirit on that. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't me. How can people act find you again, sweetie? Cause what you're offering is you're getting ready to take things in a new direction. And I think part of that is, wanting to empower people to be able to look at their own chart so that they can understand themselves more, but also grow, evolve exactly what you just said a few minutes ago. So they know thankgoddess.org.
2: You had mentioned something coming up with Moon Lodge for folks. So with the Moon Lodge, I created Moon Lodge as a community so people can sort of have a safe space with no judgment, no competition, nothing to really explore their gifts or their interests in their gifts and see where it goes. And also to understand how to work with energies. Uh, I write a daily uh, energy report of of a, a general idea of what is going to be presented to you during the day and um there are three tiers uh if you just want the horoscopes we got that's the i named them after the phases of the moon so we have the maiden the maiden is just the written material from me um the uh mother is uh the written material from me and the videos after they are live so you, you won't be able to you'll get the recordings and then the Wise Wild Woman yeah. has access to our private Facebook community that has all the interaction, has, we have yoga by Michelle Moody. We have Mondays, our channeled messages and wind uh, and wisdom from Tina Moody, our friend Tina. Um, we have kundalini yoga from um, our friend Tessie, and we also have Susie Price who comes on uh, during the lunar uh, happenings in our lodge to give some advice. So th- there's a big platform for people to just be able to, and they all started the same way with coming on and sharing, which is amazing. Okay. As a collective moving in November, uh, I'm going to start teaching people uh, in the group in the Wise Wild Woman tier uh, how to read transits in the charts. So we'll start with the moon first because the moon. The moon is affecting us every single day. And so I, so basically, I'm going to teach people how to look at transits in their own charts. And, and, and this will be a 12-month series. Once a month, we'll meet and talk about a planet. And that way, you can have a better comprehension. And that's a part of the membership. You'll have a better comprehension of what you're looking at. So you can kind of do like your own rabbit holing. Rather mm-hmm. than you know, what I love to do is that I'll come up with theories and concepts and I'll write something and then I'll, I'll go read something from someone that that I respect and admire and and it's parallel with them and I mm-hmm. and that's like a small victory. I'm like yes, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we judge our growth and how we understand stuff. So so that that's open for anyone who would like to be in the wise wild woman tier and like you said, I do have the beginners. Astrology class, which is on instant download, so it's the audio uh, as well as the handouts from my live class that I've done before in the past. That gives you enough knowledge to to do some serious rabbit holing. You will know a lot about your chart. It's not too much information like a fire hose. And it gives you enough space to really t- pause and look at your own chart in comparison to what we're talking about. So it's not too heady. It's, I, I think it's the perfect amount of conveyor food on comprehension with it. So I'm, I, I am happy with that.
1: The other part is these, this is incredibly generous on Jen's part because it's a highly, highly affordable community to be a part of at the highest level it's still a very minimal obligation financially for you on a monthly basis or an annual basis. And uh, you also have someone that does crystal stuff. Yes. Well.
2: Carrie yeah. Bennett. She yeah. does. Th- thank you. Thank you. Yeah. K- uh, Carrie Bennett does uh, our crystal wisdom and she's been doing meditations, light mm-hmm. meditation, light language meditation. Yes. Yeah. It fa- it's fascinating. I abs- I'm learning so many new things by people sharing their gifts that I didn't even realize existed, especially with Carrie.
1: Yes, which also goes back to you may come to this with an interest in astrology, but then say, ooh, this really fascinates me, or I love her yoga style, or I love the tarot messages coming through from Susie. It's all very inclusive, or it may give you that motivation to say, I need to be a part of sharing what I have to offer with a community, whether it's Moon Lodge or another community, but just please at least check that out. It's, I think you would be pleasantly, it's a very inclusive, inviting community. I believe right now it's for women or people who identify as women, but
2: we do have some divine masculine energy in the group, which I truly enjoy because uh, they they do hold some space for us. But it's it's a it's a safe space and it's uh, inclusive for anyone who wants to walk in their truth, be vulnerable, okay. be who they are, and and learn as much as they as much as they can without shame. You know, a lot of times people will keep keep what they're interested in on the down low, um, and this is a place where you can be a part of the download. <laughs> yes
1: yes you can be as out there as you want to be and be yeah. still held with love respect and compassion which is another reason we just adore you jen is that you yeah. hold space for people beautifully
2: oh well, thank you denise you do too you're welcome
1: well, it's that sag thing i think <laughs> well thank you all for listening and again you can find jen at thankgoddess.org Check out what she has to offer. If take care of yourselves, it's kind of rugged out there right now, but you know, you came for something special, and you may have, who knows, you may find it right in that chart. Okay, take care.